Bien, soy Chani Bullot, fundador y director de redacción. For those of you who don't speak Spanish, this is Chani Bullot. Es un medio eh, que desarrolló una fórmula de lo que llamamos periodismo humano. The founder and director eh, of Redacción, a media outlet in Argentina whose focus is on solutions journalism, but with a strong emphasis on audiences interaction and participation. But before we begin, let me introduce myself. I'm Laura Dulce Romero, a Colombian journalist and fellow at the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism. In this chapter, we are going to talk about what is the big problem that solutions journalism is responding to. Chani has worked for 30 years as a journalist. From 2014 to 2017, he held the position of deputy director of the newspaper La Nación, one of the most important newspapers in this Latin American country. Just at that moment, when he had climbed a big step in his career, he realized that it was time to turn it Ahora around. Yo sentía que eh, muchas veces el espejo que le devolvemos a la sociedad como medios era un espejo un tanto injusto. Chani didn't feel the same way about his career as a journalist. Gradually, he realized that what the media portrayed about society wasn't fair, because it always talked about the problems, but never talked about the people who were trying to solve them. Y, y en ese momento decidí que, que tenía como el llamado a hacer algo distinto, enfocado, específico. Chan explains that within him, a genuine interest was awakening combating one of the great evils that afflict us in media and that is now deteriorating the digital ecosystem. Extreme negativity. An issue that strongly affects audiences who are already fatigued by the daily consumption of news. Yo he visto muchas veces y en, en charlas con mis amigos el modo en que cada vez más me decían no, no yo ya no yo leo más las noticias porque me queman la cabeza. Esa es la expresión aquí en Argentina. ¿no? Este, tengo que desconectar, eh, tengo que alejarme porque me hace mal, me hace mal a, a mi salud mental o a mi ánimo. What Tani has just said is real. Every single day we see how family and friends say, I have to disconnect, the news burns my head because even physically and mentally, they start to feel bad. The truth is that it's happening in Argentina and in every country in the world. And it is known as the phenomenon of news avoidance, one of the major challenges of journalism. In 2017, the Reuters Institute, in its digital news report, decided to place a special emphasis on this issue. The results were not very encouraging. Around 48% of the respondents said that they avoided news because it had a negative effect on their mood. However, the researchers agreed that in discussing news avoidance, it is important to make certain distinctions. The first of these is between people who avoid news on a regular or habitual basis, so they consume very little news altogether, 
versus people who avoid news on a more occasional or situational basis because it has an effect on them. Um, one of the other major distinctions is around um, sort of how intentional or active are people being in avoiding news. Um, so I think particularly for people who are um, kind of situationally or temporarily avoiding news, it's often a very conscious decision. Like I need to, uh, you know, stop paying attention to this because it's making me feel terrible or it's too distracting or, or um, other kinds of reactions people have to news. Um, often there it's a very in intentional thing to avoid news. But there are others for whom it's... it's That was Benjamin Taft a senior research fellow at the Reuters Institute who has worked over the last few years to understand a little more about how this jungle of news avoidance works. What Benjamin has just explained is the distinction that interests us in this podcast. Let me explain why. For Benjamin, the fact that people sometimes want to disconnect is not entirely wrong. I'm not sure that's really a problem. I think that's actually a healthy response to many of us who feel like we're living in a world that's just saturated by news and media. And we, we are, I think, all of us trying to find ways of, of navigating through that. And so I think there can be really um, healthy strategies that involve some avoidance of news. Where it becomes more problematic, I think, is when it goes to an extreme uh, extreme lengths where people are are consuming little to no news whatsoever. And I think the challenge, you know, the concerning thing there is we also know that um, consuming news is very closely related to being informed about political affairs, civic affairs, and also participating in politics. And, and so you, you run the risk of um, a, a, a significant segment of the public who don't really feel like they have the... Um, the resources or the skills to engage politically. And that's, um, you know, and it's that that's, I think, a more concerning thing. And this is an issue that all journalists and media outlets should be concerned about, because this scenario is repeating itself more and more frequently. Audiences are turning away and so never come back because of the effects it has on them. But what kind of effects can a negative news story generate? Karen McIntyre, an associate professor of journalism at Virginia Commonwealth University in the United States, explains it in detail. And, you know, negative news is associated with all kinds of bad effects, like it causes people to feel more, more anxious, um, causes people to have lower levels of tolerance in, in others, and it causes people to evaluate other people worse and it causes people to be um, more critical of the media. It causes people to be more um, like skeptical of political leaders, which uh, there there is a healthy skepticism in political leaders. Like a healthy skepticism is good, but it can cause people to be too critical. Um, it causes people to be apathetic about Uh, human suffering, um, or what we call compassion, experience compassion fatigue, that they, you know, we see human suffering every day in the news. And so like, we stop, you know, caring for lack of a better word, like we don't act on it. The question then is, what are we in the media doing to bring audiences closer together?
Since 2013, when Solutions Journalism Network was launched, the world's major newsroom, including The Guardian, New York Times, Los Angeles Times, among others, are turning their gaze towards content that brings hope. Not for nothing, the network has worked with more than 200 newsrooms globally and has trained more than 15,000 journalists worldwide on the topic. But let's be honest, it was a matter of intuition. At the beginning, there was no evidence that these kind of stories did have a positive effect on people. As the content multiplied, the need arose in academia to try to assess its impact. Karen McIntyre has been one of the most active researchers in this field. In 2017, Karen, together with Kaiser Lowe at the University of Georgia, decided to analyze academic articles that focus on the effects of this approach on the audience. One of the, the biggest findings is that every single experiment that tested the emotional impact of solutions journalism found a significant finding. So in other words, solutions and constructive journalism make people feel better. They make people feel more positive. And that was just across the board. Um, and that's important, you know, not because not because we're trying to make people happy. That's not the job of a journalist. But when you experience positive emotions, that has a lot of positive effects that go beyond just making someone feel happy for a fleeting moment. And this last one is very important. So journalists, please pay attention. Um, and so there's a, there's a theory, the broaden and build theory of positive emotions. And this theory talks about how when you experience positive emotions, um, first of all, positive emotions are associated with approach tendencies. In other words, like you want to approach the stimulus that's making you feel that way. So think of it as like you want to lean in in your chair when you're reading a solutions journalism story. Whereas when you experience negative emotions, they're associated with avoidance tendencies. So like you want to lean your chair back and get away from whatever stimulus is causing you to feel that way. For these reasons, it is not surprising that audiences are asking for more solutions journalism stories but above all, the journalists are more inclined to write them. There are even risk-takers who decided to create their own startup. For example, Chani Guyot from Argentina. Y bueno, cumpliendo ya cuatro años, podemos decir que encontramos un modelo que por supuesto tiene que escalar, pero es sustentable y, y resuelve un... Chani says that in addition to finding a sustainable model, they solve a specific need that has to do with the change makers. These people who feel that the challenges we face as a society call for participation. The aim of Redacción has since been to help them make informed decisions in their search for civic and social participation. And this is very important because there is another problem. Audiences, as they move away from the media, are more exposed to other channels where disinformation and misinformation abound. And that, of course, pushed them farther away. Chani thinks when an editor changes his or her glasses, change the chip, discovers that we have the opportunity to look for the stories of people who are solving the problems and also opens up the conversation with their audience and community. 
If you adapt to the talent of the journalist, you can exponentially grow the impact, the reach, the meaning and the relevance of the journalism we do in the life of our readers. Today, Redacción has 20 employees and an audience of 6 million people. And there are many examples like this one. So don't miss the next chapter, because we will talk to other journalists about how solutions journalism spaces are built within newsrooms. Thank you.